It's time to delve in a delicious cup of coffee. Hi. Hi. You're just in time for coffee. Somebody get me some coffee. Want another cup of coffee? Good to the last drop. Don't forget your coffee. And bite into some tasty conspiracies. This is Coffee and Conspiracies. Welcome to Coffee and Conspiracies, where a couple clueless college kids review fresh brews and debate some conspiracy views. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Riley Abla. I'm a psychology major here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. I came up with this idea and decided I wanted to share hosting this podcast with my good buddy. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is uh, Logan Reed. I'm a communications major here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. And when Riley approached me about this idea, I couldn't think of another way to get into the podcast scene. I'm very happy he asked me to co-host us with him. Yeah, so the general idea of the podcast really fits in just with its name. We're going to be drinking and reviewing some coffee and talking about those weird conspiracies and hypotheticals uh, that you might hear of. And uh, often we will have guest speakers. In fact, today we have a guest on our show. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Ricky Simpson. I'm a fifth-year senior here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. I'm an exercise science major, and I've been working in the radio now for three years. So I'm really happy to see two of my friends come in and really start something up that I've been doing not as extreme as them. Um, So I'm very excited to get this started and see how this and where it goes. So I'm very excited for this year. It's really good to have you, Ricky. Uh, on our on our first episode here, we're going to be doing a lot more. Don't worry, it's not the only you're going to hear from us. Uh, but today, we are drinking a very special coffee. It's actually uh, my favorite coffee I've ever had, a very unique bean. Uh, I got it for my birthday from some family members. Um, it, it is from Page Roasting Company uh, in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, it is their uh, Ethiopia Guji Brew from the Kaon Mountain Farm. Uh, it's a natural process bean, uh, medium to light roast, uh, and it says its notes, notes are a smooth mouthfeel, very bright and floral, with hints of chocolate, blackberry, and black curant. But that's what we're drinking today. That was a lot of complicated words for basically saying this is really good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is some special coffee, some very special beans. Uh, again, it's my favorite I've had. I've got another bag from this roasting company that was also just wonderful. I'm going to be probably buying from them some more. But that's what we're drinking today. Uh, and so just precursory, like first sip, what, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to be real honest. I am not a huge coffee drinker. I've been doing a little bit more this semester just because it's been kind of crazy and my life's been kind of hectic. So I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but I've been doing it a lot more. This is probably like the best tasting black coffee I have ever just straight, just straight up drank. Because usually I add like cream and sugar to my coffee because, you know, I need the extra taste because I hate the bitterness. There is like little to no bitter taste in this coffee. And that to me is absolutely amazing. So first sip, like, 10 plus, like 10 out of 10, A plus gold star, all the, all the freaking way. And what about you, Ricky? Um, as someone who drinks coffee pretty much religiously, um, and that's an understatement. I it think everyone can understand that. I think I drink about three to four cups of coffee a day. My taste in coffee really kind of expands. So it's, I will say this is, it's a really good cup of coffee, but it's definitely not my favorite. So, which is fair, which is fair. I, I would have more than one cup of coffee, but there are other coffee beans out there that I prefer. It's just have to really get more into it. And I'll put it this way. Like genuinely, if I were to become a regular coffee drinker and were to do my own beans and do my own press, like what you were doing with this, this is something that I would buy like 100%. 
Yeah, it's a it's a medium to light roast. Uh, when I first started drinking coffee, I was very much like midnight dark roasts. I, I liked them a lot. I'm not even really sure. I, I think it was just like that burnt taste it gave on a, on some of the beans you can get. Uh, I really liked. Um, I found out <laughs> that uh, medium roast from Starbucks a lot of the time like matches up with some of those dark roasts, which uh, sort of got me into trying some more medium roast coffees. Uh, and now I found the the like medium to light range is really like my favorite area. I feel like I can get a lot of the flavor I want uh, and avoid some of the bitterness that I don't always prefer. Um, but you, you said it's not your favorite. Could you put your like finger on what your favorite coffee you've had is, or at least like, like, are you a, are you a dark coffee drinker? So for me, so back in 2016, I went, I, on a mission trip to, uh, Guatemala, Mexico, uh, and Guatemala, the country, no, the city in, you mean Guadalajara, no, Guatemala City. Guatemala, Guatemala City. Yeah. Okay, you just said Guatemala in Mexico. I'm like, wait a minute, that's two completely different countries. Oh, whatever. Guatemala um, City in... So, okay. there's a city by Guatemala. Uh, <laughs> it's called Panajachel, and there was a coffee, um, coffee uh, like, plant. And I went there, and I found this really smooth, like, dark roast that was just perfect. All the notes, it was like a cherry, an almond, and like a chocolate uh notes to it that has made it so much better to drink so uh yeah and and just a little point of order here uh done done a, a, a quick precursory uh, google search and i believe guatemala city is the capital of guatemala um so that would have been in guatemala uh had but been in guatemala. uh I, yeah from so what i've heard you, if you went to mexico it would have to have been guadalajara because that's a city in Mexico. I'm, I'm I may like just be stupid. Sure. It, it is, I, I think I'm just dumb. So don't worry. Was, it, was it the concussions? <laughs> uh, I'm bad with geography as well. Um, but the, <laughs> this actually, this roastery has some some beans from Guatemala that I'm I've had my eye on, and I may have to pick up soon, and, and maybe can, can highly suggested. Maybe we can make it uh, on this show with with a guest at some point and, and see what we think of it. Um, but that's the coffee we're drinking. That's sort of our opinion on it. Uh, and thank you for your opinions on that. Um, but now today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic, at, at least in my mind. We wanted to lead with this one on our first episode because it's uh, not something I've heard questioned before. So I'm hoping it'll spawn some interesting discussion and ultimately be fun to listen to. But our hypothetical today uh, is what if DNA was a parasite and all living organisms are just its host? What just... From that idea, what comes to you guys' mind? So, for me, what, what's interesting about that the just the premise of this idea is the fact that, like, that that brings into question for me the the idea of consciousness. Are we actually conscious? Like, am I actually a real person, or is it just the the quote unquote alien species, or you know? The, the 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 parasite living in me that's actually Ooh. living vicariously. You see what I'm saying? Ooh, like I feel like I'm being I feel like I'm being living uh, someone's living vicariously through me, and it's just my DNA, not actually me. Like Ooh. I'm not a real person. Like the parasite so, is what gives this illusion of free personality will and free person. will and all but, of this. But on the other side, by the by now, if it was a parasite, it would have killed it. We would have killed it off. Wait, the but hang on. By the way, the body evolves and how we are constantly tr- killing other parasites, our bodies would eventually have that natural buildup. So then maybe we, we can we can explore this this question I'm about to ask way later because I still want to get first thoughts out and everything. Okay. But what if it was a parasite 
and then it we've evolved and it's evolved with us to now it's a, like a like a symbiote. It's, yeah, instead of us being a host, it's a symbiotic relationship. That could that could be cool. Uh, we, um, should, we should explore that topic later. Yeah. But I'm like, we, we gotta get our first impressions out. But I think we should explore that later. About, it'd be a really interesting. Like, what about you, Riley? Fall down. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I came up with this idea, and it's it's sort of hard to wrap wrap my mind around. Like, especially if you look into uh, like the amount of DNA that's within our body. Uh, I think the first question that comes to mind is with the sheer amount of DNA that's within every living organism. Is it all like for each organism? Is it one? Would it be one parasite or would each like strand of DNA be a different parasite oh. or strands of DNA like many parasites linked together? Oh, like, like that's the thing that okay. comes to mind is like for me at least is is it is it one huge organism that's on this microscopic scale but still able to stretch out so long or is it many, 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 many building up this structure? So then then we ask ourselves if it's DNA, does it boil down all the way to chromosomes to where it is one chromosome? That is controlling that, and is the whole the whole. Well, technically, the, everyone has two, what, right? Everyone has two. They chrom- have like twenty three chromosomes. Well, everyone 23. has twenty three chromosomes, but like the, the two tw- main ones. The last one is what determines your sex and all that. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, so, why, that's why we all have X Y chromosomes. What if it's like the the questions that I was the, the the way my brain was going based off those couple questions you just asked is, I chalk it up to. So if you go back to the idea that it's all one parasite, are we a hive mind? Are, like that, that could that, that could be considered like are like is that one is that, is it one parasite that is infecting every living being? Is it the same parasite? If that's the case, is it a hive mind? It would make more sense if it wasn't just based off how you know but, society functions but, and everything. But the other the other thought that I had with that was well, if it's not a hive mind and they are all different viruses, again, I go back to is that is that what gives us a perception of personality and having different uh, ways our brain thinks? Well, I mean, it, it really, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a different type of parasite because uh, it could be like all from the same uh, thing, but, but still different parasites. But the idea of it being a hive mind is interesting because like we aren't, of, of course, we aren't a hive mind. No, like, like humans are not a hive mind. Um, but what if like it's that subconscious level where the DNA is the hive mind? So is what we're doing really our choice? Like it goes back to what you said on your original notes. Like, is it really? Are we? Do we have control of what we're doing, or is it just this hive mind that's subconsciously? I, I think I just came up with a statement that could crack that entire explanation wide open. That simply, are is that hive mind mentality? If it's all the same parasite, is that what we consider our natural instincts? All right, hang on. I've got one Ooh. to break that. Is it nature over nurture? Well, I mean, like, that's kind because, of the, I mean, that's kind of the same question. That's no, kind of the same question. No, because here's the thing: nature, it's stuff that we uh, biologically will just happen. Well, nature is or nur- nurture is what we just kind of learned. But like your um, your wording, um, natural instinct, it would just be we would all f- be able to do this. But not everyone has the innate ability well, and, to and, and, go through with like firefighters and EMTs, where it's that you got to have that innate ability to throw all types of like see, that goes fear the, and all that. That goes in the fight or fight response. But with that logic, so if we were to combine our ideas, ideas, it'd basically be like kind of kind of coming back to what I said earlier is the fact that like maybe it all started out as a hive mind. Think of the cavemen, right? Think of let's say that that parasite infected the cavemen, <laughs> right? Unga boonga, right? <laughs> And everyone was just like on the same animalistic level. But as we started evolving, they started, the parasites started evolving with us again, no longer becoming a parasite, but a symbiote instead. Right. So keep, keep with the logic here. Right. And then with that, with your logic is that that is what started out in his nature. And that is what we fight every day as human beings. But with the nurture, the evolution that we instilled in not only ourselves, but the parasite, 
that is how we get different types of parasites and different, per- and again, that perception of different personalities. So what I could see as a symbiote is some people heal so much faster compared to other people. This is true, but so I, that's also based my, off a lot of different my, factors. Myself, myself included, I had an ACL surgery and I healed in three months. The What's aver- a typical time to heal from an ACL? Nine months. Oh, wow. wow. I am three times the average. And then I had another one. I healed in four months. Humble. Humble, he's a humble flex. So <laughs> quick flex, well, but so we're flex, but okay. Something just just to pop in here to a, a couple things to mention. One uh, for the faithful listener of this podcast, uh, in, in case you didn't catch in the intro or it isn't completely clear, we are not by any means any sort of experts on oh, any of this. God field. no. We're we are just guessing based off of things we've learned or things we think we know. So if there's something that we say that's wrong, feel free to if you have a way to reach out to any of us specifically, and be like, hey, you're wrong. Here's the real thing, and help us learn. But another thing to know uh, on the topic of uh, specifically with like, oh, this infected the caveman. Something else to know is DNA. It's in all living organisms. Right. So how does this boil down to? to animals as well because it's in more than just people no, no, it's, so, also okay. plants. it's also like and that's also yeah. it's also, okay so how about how about this train of thinking instead how about we go back to the whole it was all one hive mind in the history of our alien uh dna here that is the parasite that is in, infesting and hosting our bodies let's say they came to earth how about in the frame of reference of the meteor that killed all the dinosaurs Oh my goodness. Okay, so how about that, right? And we all technically evolved from like let's let's go explore Darwinism for a minute, all right? We all evolved <laughs> from single cell organisms, whether that's what you believe or not, it's not the point here. It's just in order to further the discussion. Well, let's say we all evolved from single cell organisms. What if those parasites were those single cell organisms after the the meteor crash of the dinosaurs? So- but the point is is that it, we had, but they had to attach to some sort of living tissue. So there were different living tissues that they attached to, and one evolved into humans, one evolved into plants, and the other evolved into animals. That's, so we all started from the same spot, but because of the genetic material that the um, aliens attached themselves to, that is how we got the different types of animals, people, and plants that we deal with, so, including insects, literally any living thing on Earth. So what you're suggesting is that in, instead of us necessarily being hosts, we are the we're the Product. evolution. We're, we are a, a protective shell that's built Again, a, around this symbiote. parasite. It's, 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 a symbiotic it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. I mean, which which we see symbiotic relationships like in in nature. You've got uh, one that comes to mind, like barnacles and whales, mm-hmm. um, and and how the the whale acts as a surface for the barnacle to cling to and offers it a food source, and the barnacles eat the things that are harmful to the whale, creating right. this. So, or, or, but the way we're thinking of this symbiotic relationship is, is more that we. <laughs> it's it's like a, a like a walnut. We are the shell around the walnut, and the DNA is the thing inside we're protecting. I mean, that's a great way to think about it. Because another symbiotic relationship that I like to think about is I can't remember exa- exactly remember the animals, but there's like this rhino or large type of animal that's in like the African savanna. Oh, and, and you're talking about the bird and the bird yeah. that sits on top of it. It's, so it's the, a rhino. So it is a rhino, but I can't remember what the bird is. But the point is, is that the rhino protects the bird from predators and the bird like eats bugs that would attack the rhino essentially. And that's always, that's like, that's like my ideal symbiotic relationship is like you scratch my back. I scratch your back kind of thing. The, the quick, uh, again, precursory search here. Uh, it looks like the bird is known as an ox pecker. Oh Um, yeah. it It maintains a relationship specifically with Africa's white and black rhinos. Um, and yeah, it feeds, uh, feasts upon insects and parasite insects, insects, parasites, and ticks that agitate rhinos. 
so it acts as a, a symbiotic relationship. I actually didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I learned about that like many, many years ago in like elements and like in elementary school, <laughs> like elementary school science class because we were learning the difference between there's like three types of relationships in when it comes to like organisms and nature. There's symbiotic, parasitic, and I can never ever remember the third one, but basically it's always like parasitic is something that like lives in you that feeds off. Basically it's like a, it needs think a it, you can think of it like positive and negatives, right? Parasites need a host in order to survive, but it will kill the host, right? So there's not your, always. Po- not always, but like more like it I'd say nine times issues. out of, t- like nine times out of 10, it will. Um, Like parasites are born to negatively affect the host. Well, well, considering right now I'm in uh, environmental science, I'm, we're learning about parasitic uh, relationships it's not nine out of ten. The, okay, so I could be wrong with my math. The point is, but like, but, but I am right in the description of how a parasitic relationship works. Yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. You, you have mutualism, which is a symbiotic That's relationship the other one. That's... In, in which both species benefit. Right. You've got commensalism is a symbiotic relationship in which one species benefits while the other is unaffected, and then parasitism that was the one I couldn't remember. Uh, is in which one species benefits while the other is harmed. Right. That that was so, the one I couldn't remember. Is the one that doesn't benefit. So with the line of thinking we've gone down, <clears throat> then our relationship with DNA would not necessarily be parasitic but might be uh might be symbiotic or commensalism under the idea that dna doesn't harm us unless unless that's what slowly kills off humans unless that's what aging is is, so that relationship that would be (laughs) holy crap so jumping back to what i was saying when i did that brain blast yeah yeah yeah, let's Um, hear it so i i think it's cool to think that the meteor brought them here but what if it what if the aliens uh, DNA didn't attach to the, um, what's it called? The Isn't animals. It? it was just the plants and the plants that keeps the other organization organism alive by producing oxygen, uh, protection. Oh, plants are the original. I see what you're saying. Plants okay, are okay, the original okay. uh, starter. So basically, what Ricky's saying is that instead of attaching to like animals and humans, the uh, the DNA as our alien parasite attaches itself to plants. And the way plants work is they give off oxygen and feed off carbon dioxide. So first off, that would mean that the alien is, is from a planet or a place that where carbon dioxide is their main form of breathing, mm-hmm. which actually happens a lot more in me, uh, like sci-fi media than you would expect. Like, oh, this planet is carbon dioxide based. We have to wear like oxygen masks or something like, like that happens a lot because that's always an assumption we make about space. That's a tangent for another time. But the point <laughs> is, is that. So let's say that, that that's why they attach themselves to the planet because they feed off of carbon dioxide and they recognize that, but they give off oxygen, which helps living things. So as a byproduct, their parasitic material lives in us because of the oxygen that we breathe. It's oh. the evolutionary, it was the evolutionary period that went from like plants no, so to So like us. basically, instead of it being, how about instead of it being a parasite, DNA is a fungus. It's not okay. I wouldn't so, call so it's it a, like. Well, that's exactly what a fungus is, though. A fungus, as soon as it comes to, it comes in contact with oxygen and moisture, two things that our bodies are supposed to have, air and water, it grows. That would that would kind of feed into whole Darwin's but, whole thing as we evolved from single cell organisms. But I would just saying. But I would believe more that it's more of a parasite than it is a fungus, because of the way. And here's here's my reasoning. Maybe it why. was a parasite, but the byproduct that we're living off of is a fungus. What, what what's your reasoning, Ricky? Here's the reason why. Fungus have to stay in constant like um just evolutionary like static. It doesn't really evolve much. Parasites, however, will grow and evolve with every single change in temp. Let's look at let's go back in time. Um how many how many plants died off uh 
in just like cold, cold climates. Not a whole lot. Fungus stayed alive. They needed that one specific thing. Humans died quickly. Animals died quickly because they weren't adapted to it. So, okay, so that, so that, so that line of logic could either really help my argument or really dis- discourage my argument mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. two reasons. First thing being, my, which is, let me make a clarification about what I mean by it's a quote-unquote fungus. So it came from the parasite, right? So say we're going back to the parasite is attaching itself to the plants. And then, like, we're we're absorbing the byproduct genetic material from it. So, the way I'm explaining this is it is a parasitic-based fungus. So, it can evolve because it has the same genetic material. But, so, think of it like a state of matter instead of the specific classification of what it is. Think of it like a state of, state of matter. The, mm-hmm. the um, parasite would be the solid. Will it be turned into a gas that we absorbed and made into a liquid or blood? Crazy thought, crazy (laughs) thought, blood, because that's where we mainly test our DNA is through our blood. So again, the parasites were solid. They became a gas that we absorbed, turned into a liquid by condensation. Just, but again, I'm trying to, it's more, the way I'm explaining the whole fungus thing is more of a metaphor for states of matter rather than it is an actual fungus. It acts like a fungus because of how we absorbed it. It's still a parasite. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Uh, like, like, kind of like, kind of like the, kind of like how spores Maybe. would work. Yes. Yeah, spo- exactly how spores. I mean, would I mean. Work. Well, if you think about um, an interesting, a, a way to think about this alongside something that's that's real, um, is the um, I, I don't know the ex- I think it's called I think they're called cordyceps fungi. Uh, cordyceps. I think I know what you're about, it's yeah. a it's a so it's a fungus that if I'm correct again. Uh, I could be wrong here, uh, but it's a fungus that releases its spores, and I believe primarily affects ants. Um, okay. And these the these, spans, the, 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 these spores, uh, it, it um, like latches onto these ants and kills them, um, and, and then, then reactivates them. their mo- it zombifies them, it reactivates their motor function. So, like, what if what if DNA follows a similar thing? Whether whether we say it's a parasite or it's a fungus or whatever classification, but what if it is? Uh, it is like latching onto us and maybe not killing us, but that's like activating motor function or, or things like that. This crossed my mind. Is there ever a time that you, there is a time and period that you cannot remember? What if that's when the DNA took over? Well, I mean, mm, yeah. So if, if we're going off of the, if we're going off of this yes and idea of saying, even though it's logically not like what's going on if we're saying like this is what's going on like allowing it for point of discussion uh yeah but also you know you can you can test like like most of the people that think think of times they can't remember is when they're a baby right or or when like you suffer some sort of like traumatic head injury or, or things like that but like you can test someone's dna before that but if we're doing the yes and like Whoa! What are the implications of that? Like you get infected. Well, with my the my first thought seven. would be, <laughs> I don't exactly agree with that idea, only because of the fact that, like, if that's the case, then I I'd, I'd argue more that is on us as the hosts I, of the DNA not being able to not being fully developed in the brain before we actually started making memories. That's that's, that's more on us than but, the actual parasite. But look at and, and that's what I would think. Look at geniuses. Albert Einstein was a genius by the age of five. He had memories that he couldn't remember. By well, at like age ten. So, le- but let's go off of let's go off of your idea here of, the, of that like you, lo- you whenever you can't remember like that's pre uh, the parasite taking over. So uh, again, suspending disbelief here. 
what if it's not because you can test DNA before it. So let, let's look at like reality here to, to keep the, the argument relevant. You can test DNA during that time where most people like can't remember back to like, like time as a baby or a toddler. Like you'll have some memories in that area, but the, right. yeah. So what if it's not that that's when the host infects you? That's not when the parasite infects you as a host. What if that's when the parasite activates? So, so, so you that's always what I was trying to say. You okay. always more on us as okay. people not having fully developed brains, then the parasite in- infecting us at that moment in okay. time. So, so the parasites in you, like you're already infected with the parasite when you're born. It just it has to develop alongside you, and it takes it takes up into that point where you you can remember back to. That's how long it takes the parasite to develop. And once the parasite's fully developed, boom, it latches on, and and now you can make your memories and everything. But then instead of having to deal with the fact like, oh, you know, we can test DNA before this this period, like like yes, we can, but it's what if if that DNA is that parasite, it's not active yet. It, it has to incubate. Okay, I, I but but I, Logan over here is freaking out. He's got something on his mind. <laughs> so uh, cutting back in here to what I can only assume is an extremely awkward break because Logan has just introduced a a horrible, concept. horrible, it just, it just, horrible The way we were talking about it, I was just like, oh my God, this is lining up with exactly what that is. I, I would love to enlighten you all listening with what he's just said, but I'm not going to. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out whether or not this actually make that it, actually makes the final product of the I, podcast. Uh, uh, probably might. not. But if you want to listen to like the, uh, you know, the, the unedited version, come find one of us. We'll have the audio <laughs> files somewhere uh, because it was really funny. Right. Or just ask me and I'll tell you because it is. Okay, so but talk, talking, hopping right back into it, talking about parasites here. You know, we we've we've talked about the parasite. We've talked about how it might function more in the fungus area, matter change, uh, things like that. There's one more thing that I wanted to discuss with the whole like physical, because you brought it up. You said it. You said like we don't know memories like when we're early on as a baby or when we have traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. I I kind of want to explore that in the sense of, in that regard, you can classify this parasite of DNA as our subconscious, like. Ooh. Okay, okay. So here's how here's how I'm seeing it. So we are infected with this parasite that is DNA that makes up our entire being, right? That is all we are. We are strands and strands of DNA. Their active brain, what they can remember, is a form more pow- powerful than our actual brain, and that to us is what we classify as our subconscious. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is is that their sub their brain power, our subconscious, what we classify as that, is so much more powerful because we all we retain everything in our subconscious. Our subconscious remembers everything. That's why we have like those those deep dark vaulted memories that will like whenever we like, oh my gosh, core memory unlocked. Like whenever we say that to each other, it's because something from our subconscious was brought out because something really reminded us of something else. What I'm trying to say is is us as people are not advanced or evolved enough to where our brains can handle the output power of our subconscious, i.e. Huh. The, the parasite's brain. Well, I mean, Do you get what I'm saying? That's why we have lapses in memory and judgment and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and, 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 like, studying psychology, again, not saying I'm some expert on the matter, I'm just studying it, but, like, studying psychology, one of the big things that, um, we, I, I, at least I really loved learning is is how you can write memories and your, like, your brain will write memories that are really hard to access, but they'll have, like, that one neural pathway that's that w- will be triggered, and it's usually tied to, like, sensories. Uh, so, so the taste of a certain kind of gum, or the smell of coffee, uh, or or a a, a a song that you you've heard. Like you're doing so. Let's say you're studying for a test while you're um. It, it's a phenomenon. You're studying for a test while you're chewing a certain kind of gum. Uh, 
there's like the recommendation, like, hey, chew that kind of gum when you go to take the test. You will you'll remember what you studied better because it's made that sensory connection. But I've sometimes heard that too, yeah. you like you you can have memories written in that like sit for so long that that it decays and it's really hard to reach that memory and like the pathways are are, are dwindling. Um, but then you'll hear like a song. You'll hear a song that was happening during that memory, and you'll get that like whoosh, like that mm-hmm. super huge like memory pours in. You're like, oh, I forgot this that, happened. That happens to me a lot. There's a very song. There's a song in particular that 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 exact situation happens. It's um. Summertime by uh, Will Smith, um, oh, the Fresh yeah. Prince, right? Oh man! Um, but there's a song it's called it goes like summer, summer, summertime, and like when I was a kid, I have this very vague memory of like a regular pool party at my house, and my mom always has like the speaker out there playing music. That's like that's our vibe. It's like we're swimming, we're listening to music. It's just a vibe, right? Well, it was late at night. It was, it was like it was almost dusk. Like the sun was going down. It was almost like blue outside. The song, that song is playing and I'm like soaking wet in the house, like eating something. But I have like this just like out of body experience. Whenever I hear that song or think about that song, that memory, pop, I don't remember the whole memory. I just remember the gl- that glimpse specifically because of that one thing. And it's like really vivid. It's very, oh my God. Like I think I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could go back to that exact moment so hey, I can experience it again and remember what is happening and be just to be that in that space and time again, just to experience it. Yeah. But, but, okay, so to hop off of this tangent, though, I mean, because, again, I could talk about this for hours. Right, it's right, one of my right. favorite things that I've learned about in psychology. Uh, but to hop off, talking about the subconscious, right? We're talking about how, so, and we, we've talked about the hive mind. And mm-hmm. I'm terrible at putting things to word when I'm thinking them, things to words when that I'm is thinking why them. Because my, my brain is going, like, six times as fast as I can talk, which is Been surprising because yeah. I'm sure I'm talking really fast. No, actually, I'm going to be honest, so uh, just for everyone listening, this is Riley's first podcast. He's doing a really good job. Like he's no, keeping thanks, the buddy. you're keeping the pacing really well, and like you're actually you have a really you sound like you have a really good voice. I'm really excited to listen to what this is going to sound like later. I'm saying you're doing a really good job. So good on you. This, this is going to be a great first episode, in my opinion. Well, now I'll try to get my thoughts out through the, the tears in my eyes. <laughs> uh, but so so talking about the subconscious, right? And we've right. got and we've said the idea of like what if the parasite is a hive mind, right? So you know how some people like who who um, live through some pretty like rough experiences or scary moments, but they get that, that bad, they, they always like people talk about that bad feeling. I had a really bad feeling about this. So I avoided it. And I found out later that this is what was happening. Right. And it's like this really terrible situation. And there's no like reason to explain oh, it. Oh, I like, see where like, you're going with this. I mean, and there's psychological studies out there that, that try to explain it. And I'm not going to try to say, I know anything about it. Cause I haven't looked into those studies too much, but it's a cool phenomenon of it's that, that bad feeling. You got that feeling in the pity. you gut, like something bad's about to happen. And you sometimes hear about, people who avoid situations because of that feeling and later find out that they avoid a very scary and bad situation so what if that's the hive mind like that's the that subconscious feeling it's that parasite in the hive mind that knows another parasite is influencing a couple other people or or this situation that's happening is bad and the the parasite knows because it's maybe it's more intelligent than us and it's trying to warn us but we're just that's that's our way of, of getting that warning is just that bad feeling so in the pit of our gut. There's a lot to unpack with that. Uh, I'm <laughs> going really to gloss over two topics and then go into the third one, which is what I really want to talk about. So first off, um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Venom or Venom 2 or the end of Avengers. Uh, and no, not Endgame. No, are end you about of, to spoil? No, or End of No Way Home. But the, the point is, is that... It's um, a good movie. It, yeah, so like... It's been out for a while. Like, I still haven't seen Venom 2, and that's on me. That's on anybody else. But all I'm trying to say is the fact that, like, 
there is a, there's an end credit scene at the end of No Way Home where Eddie and Venom are in are in like the mainstay universe and then get transported back to their Sony universe. <laughs> and like Eddie's trying to learn all about this world because like there was a guy with the purple guy with rocks from space. Like he's he's like really confused at what's happening. But the point is, is that from that I garnered a theory that the way Venom species works is that they are all they're all hive mind because they're a, they're a symbiotic species and they're all hive mind. But their hive mind uh, hive mind abilities can cross the multiverse. So that's the first thing that I kind of just wanted to gloss over, <clears throat> which means we get to also have a whole topic about the multiverse because that is a amazing topic to talk about. Third thing that I really wanted to get into was that that idea that you just uh, postulated could really explain why communication theory is so interesting and why some people are more connected and why we have group mentality better than others. Uh, yeah, I mean, like talking about me and Ricky here, we, we hang out quite a bit. Right. And there, there will be times where we'll just, we'll just say something at the exact same time, the exact same intonation. And we'll both just look at each other like, Oh, Oh, I did that with Nate the other day. Oh, me and I, Nate do that all the time. But, like, I do, but I do it with a lot of people. Like like you and I, we did it today. I'll leave in the cath. We were telling Miss Jennifer, we're like, yeah, thank you. We both said thank you like the exact same way at the exact same time. And you just looked at me. I don't like you said, get out of my brain. Like, just, I need you to stop. Our parasites have linked up. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> so, saying, but I'm saying that feeds into the idea. Uh, I'm not trying, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I really got to get this thought out. And that it, I'm really, it'll, it'll I kill. really got to get this thought out. Is I'm saying is like, that's the entire premise of why I'm a comms major and communication theory. Communication theory is all about why do we as people interact with ourselves, other people, and the public and media the way we do, hmm. right? So what I'm saying is the fact that like we've evolved or our, at least our parasites have evolved enough to the point where evolved or de-evolved, de de however you want to look at it, or devolved, this, that's the word, however you want to look at it to the point where we can like really like those, that hive mind connection is there. But like you said about neural pathways, it's very latent. But the more we hang out with people that we are, familiar with and get more familiar with the more that hive mind connection gets strengthened, which is why we have oh. such a group mentality. Why we have such, why humans are naturally have tribal mentality. Maybe it's because of the fact that we all used to be on one hive mind, but we've evolved so much to the point where we as humans, as the hosts have created these physical boundaries or mental boundaries, preventing our parasites from being able to connect with, with each other. Okay. I see what you mean. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But not, not to cut you off here. But no, no, no. Ricky, but Ricky you, you, you look you like had, you got something, you to, say. something to say. And I'm, I'm dying to hear. Me too. Okay, so as I'm, as I was sitting here, just kind of listening to this, I've kind of realized I don't fall under all that though. My personality, I don't attach myself to one per person specifically, I and so that whole idea is really cool to think because I've seen it with a lot of people, especially with my groups of friends. I'm just, I find myself as like a bridge between all of Same. them. So what if, exactly what, so what if the bridge parasite is a, a rare in between that they match well with and they were the next ones to step up and to take over and connect more after okay. all? That, that or what if it's more that, because you and I are very, very similar people, mm -hmm. right? I, my metaphor isn't a bridge. My metaphor... I see myself as someone who connects a lot of people together. So I glue would be a good example to use. I my metaphor honestly is a surge protector. So but like, I'm being like I'm being real. Like a but, bunch of people connect into me 
and get connected because of that. And that's just, just me. That's my entire family. But, and what I'm saying is maybe it's because our hive minds are more in tune with becoming hive minded than other people, which again, it goes back to my way earlier point, which is our parasites have evolved enough to a point to give us this false perception of that is our personality. But what if, what if we're the selected few that are supposed to go out next and grow, make this much larger than what it is here. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, and, and it would kind of help describe the very innate, like throughout mo- most of like our species, the innate, almost like need to explore. Mm-hmm. Like, like if there's one constant with the history of, of humans and, and how we are, at least in, in my experience and, and what I've seen, and I, I could be wrong, but like I, I feel like there's such a draw to explore That's and seek correct. out and find new things. And what if it's just the parasite looking for more suitable hosts? Which is an interesting theory because uh, I, I remember hearing from a history teacher one time back in high school, there's only three reasons why people did what they did in order to explore. And those three reasons are the three Gs, God, glory, or gold. Mm. Right. Well, the, at least that's what we as humans understand as the reasons for why explore, exploration so, happened in the first place. But what you're saying is, is that it's a far deeper meaning, which is we are looking for, we're looking for, to be reconnected as people. So, what if it's God, glory, and gold? Glory and gold are the uh, new host that the DNA are looking for. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I say they're more the physical manifestations of what the. Um, um, the parasites are trying to accomplish, but the information they can get from other species, other living species, like we've mentioned, that you're born with, with it. What if that's the other innate, innate um, intelligence that they're looking for to grow and become um, more cos- cosmic? Yeah, it's 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 got a lot of cool implications, and I feel like that could be its own like three hours of oh, conversation. I'll be honest, it really, it really could. And and I don't want to cut it off, but we're, I have a question that I really want to, want to talk about. And I, I kind of think it would be an interesting one to, to be able to talk about for a little bit to end on. Um, but I've got it written down here and I've been looking at it this whole time, just, just itching, just itching to ask this. So we've been talking about DNA, you know, as a parasite, it's, it's inhabiting all living organisms. It's as we've discussed, like what if it's, it's driving everything we do and there's a hive mind and, and it's why we want to explore. And we've got all these connections. So now the, the question that I have, the final question, what if all DNA immediately without warning died out all of every, every bit of it as a parasite just died immediately. You want to take this one? I would love to hear your thoughts on it, Ricky. Okay, so, like we've mentioned before, um, and as someone who studies in the field, don't know exactly, like we've mentioned, I don't know it all. Um, <laughs> DNA is what keeps our body running. It helps with just constant flow of what we have to do. Our mind, It empowers our mind to make sure we have the innate ability to make sure we're pumping blood to our heart, other body. It's like a it's like a computer operating system. That is the code that tells the computer, our brains or our bodies, how to function. It is our software. Yeah. Basically. So the, the the definition de- definition the definition, definition, definition. Uh, I found is that DNA contains the instructions needed for an organism to develop, survive, and reproduce. So so if that's just gone, we either will one, and this is the more likely one, is just all the bodies and everything 
that exists and has DNA will just die off. Or the one that I have always thought about is something deep down comes back. What What if it's the original DNA that we had that was shoved out by the parasitic. Well, well, what if, how about that? How, what about this? What if instead of like, there was DNA in us that this parasitic DNA took over? What if we were organisms without DNA? What if we were some sort of life form that could function without DNA? That's what I was thinking. How much lower, in, in the terms that we would understand, how much lower or higher an animalistic instinct, do you think we would go? Oh, but the, the other, I mean, you're saying like how much higher or lower. I thought you were going a different direction for that. Would like if this DNA is, is this parasite that controls or helps so much and it all goes away. I mean, if we again suspend the disbelief that we would have over all of the generations since uh, evolved away, like the stuff that we had that would run like help us survive before that. So let's say that never happened. We still have that. All of the DNA dies off. We lose this pretty crucial piece of us where do we go on the food chain i, I don't because i really don't think we'd be apex predators like because like, i mean you always think of humans at the top of the food chain exactly how far below would we fall well, that, that's an interesting well, way to think about it too but again i go back to it could go either way because maybe this uh dna wasn't only helping us but inhibiting us in some form or fashion so it is still it, parasitic so as let's look at the let's look at the way the body is our brains don't let us do the things that we do a human person can bite off their finger like a carrot, but the reason we do it, the reason yeah, we I don't, think, I thinking about but it too. the reason we don't is because of the pain receptors. What if it's the DNA with the pain receptors knowing what our body can do? So you're saying like we would stop being able to feel pain? We, I, you ever, you ever seen the movie Lucy? Yes. Yeah. When uh, the oh. ability to unlock 100% of your brain, look at our body, our bones are stronger than t- titanium steel. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. We, our body's flexion is more than we realize. Uh, the fact that people can contort their bodies more than what the human body in, allows, it's because the pain receptors aren't there. It's because mm. there is no inhibitor stopping them. I mean, there is there is like so there's so much so much research on it. You can you can look into and that. I mean, we could again right. Hours, no, so, so again that again that is a completely separate discussion we can have. My well, the po- grander point was I was going for is kind of along with what you were saying. So you're saying that if we lose this DNA, we'd lose pain receptors. We would lose mm. that inhibitor that allows us to literally push our bodies past the limit like zombies. I think in a in a grander sense, we would lose everything. So and by that I mean senses? Well, okay, let me let me finish. When you first asked that question, well, what if it what if it all disappeared? What if it all disappeared? Just boom. Right. My first instant was I don't know what would happen because I wouldn't be able to think to know what happened. Mm. I feel like if the DNA just disappeared, me as myself and I at this current moment would just cease to exist. So kind of like an on and off switch. So with just the next few minutes then, and instead of thinking about it as it disappears, we're just the last generation that has DNA. The next generation no longer has DNA. The parasite doesn't like continue on. And so then instead of it just ceasing and all of us dying off or anything, like there's still a chance for people to survive without it. Evolutionary is what it be. You'd have to evolve. Of course. What would the body do? What would our, ourselves with the DNA go through 
that would put the next generation into a next level. I'd be more, I'd be more concerned about the next generation because it could be an evolution or it could be a de-evolution. And by that, (laughs) but like think, okay. And my idea is the simply the fact that like, let's say that the next generation gets skipped on DNA. That could be the entire downfall of the world. Because again, if we go back Mm. to what we've been talking about, we don't know what we would lose out of not having DNA. So that basically what I'm saying is, is that, those ind- those individuals that get spawned without DNA instantly become a new species and we can technically be considered aliens on Earth. You gotta understand you understand my logic by that, right? Because they are gonna become a hundred percent different than how any single one of us are because we don't know what they would be lacking without DNA. But there's also the other side where you think you'd look at where the de evolutionary of what they could be. And then I could go either way. I think it'd be a de- it'd be a scary de evolution for them. That could harm us. That is my thought process. And that's what I was. It. That's what mm. I was mentioning. Is like what would have, what would we have to do to prepare the next generation or ourselves? What I'm saying is that the next generation is going to off is going to basically take over. Like we're going to cease to exist because of the next generation well, in that in that context. I mean, doesn't in reality now the the next generation takes over anyway? That's just how. But I, I I think what our answer boils down to to really answer this the the question we've just talked about as well as really the question overall is we don't know like we, we really just don't. don't we really don't <laughs> like we are, mentioned we're, clueless college kids yeah clueless college kids we are not as educated as many who could probably hop in here and in five minutes debunk this whole thing which uh, I mean let's be honest would, really could it'd happen. be informative but it wouldn't be as fun to listen to I hundred percent agree uh, so just let let's. Let's summarize here. What, with, with the the overall question, let, let's let's summarize our final thoughts in like a sentence or less. For for the question, what if DNA was a parasite, and living organisms are its host? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll let you take it. All right. So my one sentence to summarize this would be: so many answers about the universe could be, uh, so many questions is what I'm about to say. So many questions about the universe could be answered or not answered, depending on if that statement is true. Mm. Ricky? Looking into myself, kind of have to ask the question, what really are we? I would second that. So so you answer it with a question, what really are we? I, yeah. would, I would second that and 100%. To be honest, I think my answer to that question is, is just what I've said. I have no idea, <laughs> I, but it is, it's definitely fun to think about. And it's been fun to talk about. Agreed. Um, and again, to mention, uh, we aren't coming from a standpoint of, we believe <laughs> this to be true. We just, we thought it would be fun to talk about. It could pose some interesting, um, interesting ideas. And I mean, I, I had a lot of fun talking. I don't know if it'll be any fun to listen to, but I'm, I'm, oh, I'm really hoping looking, I'm really looking forward to editing. This, um, this is going to oh, yeah. be a fun time. Um, but that's, that's really our topic in a nutshell boils down to an, I don't know. And that's probably what most of the topics we talk about are going to be as an, I don't know. Um, but where's the fun in talking about, I don't know. We're talking about like what we do know. Hypotheticals. Exactly. And that's the whole point of, it's the whole point of our podcast. You know, we, we talk about these weird things, we know, nothing about really, or know very little about and can do some Google searches. Yeah. Um, But, uh, so now that we've answered our hypothetical, uh, let's go back to another thing and review the coffee. Like, like we, we gave our precursory, like, mm-hmm. sip thoughts, uh, but now that we've finished it, now that we've talked about it, we've been able to mull over it. What did you, what did you guys think about the coffee? I'm going to start off. Um, normally, when I drink a cup of coffee, you get that, con- even, like, in, like, 30 minutes 
an hour later. You still got that uh, coffee taste in your. Doesn't matter if you brush your teeth. I drank this and I don't have that coffee aftertaste and it. It's nice. It it's there and it's gone. I'm right there with him. I, I'll be 100 honest. As soon as I finished that cup, I sat down and went. I really want to leave right now and go get another cup. Like it's that good. I might it, I might it, make more. No, like legitimate. <laughs> like it's it, you. Like I took the first sip without any of the creamer that I put in it, and I was like, oh my gosh. I got the flavor of the coffee without instantly tasting bitterness. And it, like I said, that's why I was like saying earlier, it's so good because I got like a little bit of an aftertaste, but it was just a nice little like on top of the actual flavor of the coffee. And like I said, as soon as I added Ricky's uh, sweet cream to it, it was, oh my God, it perfectly balanced out like the little bit of bitterness that was there. I just took it away just a little bit and left just a little, a little like icing on the cake almost. And it was just delightful to drink. So what, for the two of you, if you can put your finger on it, what sort of like flavor notes did you get out of this? <sighs> I could definitely taste a hint of the chocolate that's supposed to be in there. Okay. I could definitely, I definitely sensed that, sensed that, I'm sorry. And um, you said blackberry too, right? Yeah, yeah. I could almost like, so you know the joke that we make about how like um, most um like uh, seltzer waters, like with fruit in it, are like made like they're made and like right next to a fruit, and that's the fruit <laughs> yeah. flavor. Essence uh, of it, the like, thought of a fruit. The essence <laughs> of the thought of like a grapefruit or something like that, right? I had that similar idea, but more of in a positive way. I had that hint of blackberry. Like the thought of blackberry was there, though I didn't exactly taste it, but it wasn't in a negative way. It was in a positive way because I was like, wow. I wish there was more of the blackberry, but I can see like that. I can taste that hint of it. And it was just like, again, evenly balanced coffee. It was really good. I didn't get any of the notes. I got different notes. <laughs> I'm going to be really? honest. No, I want to hear I, this. I got like uh, almond notes for some Ooh. reason. I got that like toasted almond uh, on okay. like a, on a fresh like summer day. And then I got like another, another weird flavor that jumped out at me was like, I got apple for some reason. That's I, interesting. I I mean, I wonder if that's just some stuff mixing to, I mean, uh, again, not putting down what you tasted. I, I wonder if that's just like a, a mixture of some of the stuff. Cause the, um, like the black curant is, um, it's a, it's like, it's another berry. Yeah. Um, I believe, but uh, like, yeah. So, so I wonder if it's like a mixture of the, of the berries that's giving you those, like that nuttiness and that sort of apple flavor. And then I got like lavender. That's, I can see. Well, I can okay, see. So it, it does like the bag says it's supposed to have like a bright and floral. Flavor. Yeah, so I, can, I, so I, can, I got I so I got the that. lavender. I didn't taste like all there. It was just straight like lavender for me. Huh. Interesting. So we better not let Nate drink the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's an interesting take, and I I love to ask like those kinds of questions because no. for me at least, it's really hard to pinpoint the the flavor notes that I get out of a coffee. Correct. I usually drink it. And I'm like, mm, that's good. Or, mm, that's not. And I can't really <laughs> explain why, except for like how bitter it is, right. which of course, bitterness doesn't always lend to the bean. No. It can be how you grind it at mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. heat of your wall. I mean, it, it all, there's changes. a lot of, there's, but, with a lot of things. There's a lot of factors that go into the actual yeah. taste of coffee. The fact that there's a job for coffee makers, <laughs> like I don't know exactly what it, but it's like those who go to school to make coffee professionally. I have no idea, but that's basically I mean, ag- that's basically man, imagine that job. That that would be, it. Uh, but yeah. So uh, now, now two more questions for you, um, and, and you can be brief about it since we've already got your like review of it. We've already heard your your thoughts on the flavor. Uh, first up is one out of ten. What would you rank it? Just a simple one out of ten. Let's hear from you, Ricky. For me, it's an eight point nine. Eight point nine. The okay. reason the reason it doesn't go over that threshold 
is because I need more to really kind of freshen and see what it is. Mm-hmm. It, that's really what it comes for me is like, I need to drink it more so I can really get that whole endowment of it all. I'm with him on that explanation, but I'd give it a, I want to give it a 10, but I'm with Ricky on that. So I kind of would get, I would give it a nine. Like I'd give it like, it's like, it's like definitely an A. Like if this was an assignment, like if someone had to turn into a cup of coffee to me as an assignment <laughs> to class, I'd be like, it's like, I really want to give you a hundred percent, but like, I need more of this. So I'm going to give you like a 90. And call you, it good. Yeah. You, you want three. Yeah. So to, to but, disclose and, and sell myself out here a little bit, this, this isn't the first time I've had this. I said it already. It's my favorite cup. I've probably had 15, 16 cups of this coffee. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm hesitant to give it a 10 out of a 10 because right. like that's, there's no going anywhere from there. Exactly. Like you can't go. So I'm going to give it a nine. Because again, this is the best coffee I have ever had. Like I, I, I've, I had one brew that was bad, and it was completely user error. I, 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 I don't even want to talk about it. It, it was, <laughs> it was a terrible, it was a terrible time. I was rushed. I, I, I do a pour over, which is how I made it this time, and I made it really bad, and it was user error. But it was still wasn't the worst cup of coffee I had, having it be so bad. So. Uh, so I'm going to give it a nine. That's my long winded way. Me telling you guys to be brief and then not being brief. <laughs> it uh, happens. Nine out of a 10, you yeah, know, I would uh, agree. Yeah. if, if I have, if I'd been drinking coffee for three years, four years, five years or longer, I'd give it a 10 out of a 10. But frankly, like I'm pretty new to drinking black coffee. Like I right. used to get, I used to get the iced coffee with like mm-hmm. six pumps of caramel and all the sugar and cream. That's, that's my Dunkin'. That's my Dunkin'. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I normally got a Dunkin'. Now I go back and drink that and I'm like, oh, this is too sweet. Mm-hmm. Now with the, I did the math. It is a overall, not 8.9. So eight point nine, okay, eight point nine out of ten as an average. That's right. a, that's All a right. good average. And so now, now we've got your ranking, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this just from hearing the two of you <laughs> talk. But would you buy this bag? One hundred percent. If I wasn't broke, yes. 100%. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I will always appreciate the people who got it for me. So uh, again, like not a, a sponsor or an ad or anything, but it's the. Uh, Ethiopia Gucci. Um, Gucci. I, I don't know. Gucci. If, I don't think that's how you oh, pronounce it. Let's let's get Logan over here to. I say Ethiopia Gucci. Like it's spelled G U J I. So I'd say Ethiopia you, Gucci. Or is uh, it not the K on Mountain Farm? What was that? Are you sure it's not UG? It could be UG. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not really familiar with the um, G is silent, so it's just UG. We're, we're a little too white to figure out. The yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be I was just saying, like, I'm not really familiar with African dialects enough to be able to like pronounce that properly. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Riley's explanation. We're just too white to pretty much now. But it's spelled <laughs> Ethiopia G U G I from the K on mountain. It should just be G-U- said. That's what I meant. G U J I. Ethiopian good. Uh, yeah, and, and Ethiopian it's, good. It's sold by the Page Roasting Company in Champaign, Illinois. I mean, it is uh, again, it is delightful. Uh, average of eight point nine out of ten is uh, that's a good rating. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm glad you all have enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah one of my favorites. I I'll stop going on a tangent, but. Uh, yeah, as we wrap up here, uh, I wanted to say thank you to Ricky for being the first guest on our first episode of our podcast. It was absolutely a delight to have you and hear some of your ideas and hear what you had to say. Uh, we really appreciate you being on. Thank you for inviting me. I can't wait to listen to the future podcast and uh, be excited. I know I can. I can't wait to record these new, these future episodes. We're gonna have so much fun with this. I, I already had so much fun with this first episode. Oh yeah. This, this Too is bad be so I won't fun. be a part of all of them. You know. It, it, <laughs> It's, but you should be glad about the fact that you were the first one. Oh, yeah. I, I no, think, I feel I special, but, like, I want to... 
And he's just, like, who would he be? We can make Ricky a reoccurring, yeah, like reoccurring guest. We're gonna have to have you back. And I want to say thank you again to Logan for co-hosting with me. I do not think I would have had the confidence or guts to have come in here and done this without uh, without him at my side helping me out with this. Uh, also, want to thank uh, want to thank Derek for getting us set up and, and letting us do this on um, through the radio station. It is an awesome blessing, and I've wanted to do this for for quite a long time. Um, yeah, and it was a great, it's a great outlet to share some really wild ideas and, and try out some coffee. But, uh, this is the Coffee and Conspiracies podcast, uh, with Riley and Logan. Uh, Riley, have anything else to outro with? I mean, yeah, if, if any of you have an idea or you have a conspiracy or hypothetical that just, like, is itching in the back of your mind and you want to hear some, uh, again, completely clueless people talk about it for, with no direction for near an hour and come to no conclusion, <laughs> feel free to, like, reach out to us, send us your ideas. We would love to hear them. You could definitely email the radio at pantherradio at kwc.edu, uh, that we can definitely get information from that as well. If you, if you don't have, uh, Riley and I, uh, personally, a way to contact us, pantherradio at kwc.edu. Oh, but yeah, you've, you've heard of the coffee, you've heard our take on it, you've heard the conspiracy and some of our views on it, so feel free to try the Uh, Let us know about your thoughts on it if you'd like to, and let us know if you disagree with anything we had to say, but uh, just remember, this is all a simulation. Wake up, Neo.